everybody, welcome back to Psycho Science with Kayla and Hannah. Amazing. <laughs> this is a show where we talk about science and psychology and because up. psychology isn't science. According to a lot of people, it's We're not, not included. <laughs> it's a woman science. Oh, wow. Am I not a woman? No. Ain't I a woman, Sojourner Truth? I, th- I thought I recognized that. Yeah. Did a whole history fair project on her in eighth grade. You always went so extra with your history fair project. I projects, really did. And everyone was so jealous. And I was like... False. No. Like, I think 100%. Or that's when people realized you were, like, extra. Oh, yeah, I'm always extra. mm, You guys should see my closet. It's fine. Oh, my gosh. That's back when we didn't really like each other, remember? And um, I think, like, one time you had a history fair project that, like, it didn't fit the dimensions of, like, the requirements. And I I was like, well, if you're going to go so extra for a project, like, you could have at least read the requirements. You're not wrong. We should have. It was within the dimensions if it was flipped on its side. It was too wide was the problem. Was it the, um, was that the telephone booth one? No, that was, that was the iPhone, the iPhone was 8th grade. Yeah. The Sojourner Truth was 10th grade. Because here's the, here, I'll tell you the one It was 9th grade that didn't work, and it was. Was that the dog? No, the dog was, like, 7th grade. Oh, my gosh. The, I made a, like, a foam dog. It's fine. With real dog hair, right? No, it wasn't real dog hair. Oh, I thought you literally it got fake. it from your Absolutely job. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I was in 7th grade, I didn't have a job. Oh, I thought you, I don't know, I thought you'd been training with the dogs. Well, yeah, I would have had been training with a dog, but that would be weird. Hey, we know each other from training dogs. Can I have your dog's hair? Well, if you're just, like, brushing the dog and, you know, shove it in a plastic baggie. I mean, mean, sure. We bought that from, there's, like, a fabric store in Lakeland. Joann's? Not Joann's. It was, like, its own fabric store. It shut down now. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. What was I talking? Oh, it was on, um, the one you're thinking of, it was on... Child labor laws. With the dog? No, not with the dog. The one that didn't fit the dimensions. Because we made, like, a full, like, factory wall. Oh, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. It was... Well, one of these, the dog one was just me. The other three were with Candace and Emily. It was, like, the three of us that did the project. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're going Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going first. Hello, friends. Yes. Do you know what water bears are? You know what? You talk about water bears a lot. I do. And if you want me to give you a, a generalist thing of what I think water bears are, they're like when you buy those kits online that it's like, hey, do you want this prehistoric animal? And all kind the, of. And all the kids are like, yeah. Like sea monkeys? Oh, are you thinking yeah. Sea monkeys? I think I'm thinking sea monkeys. They're, it's not a bad comparison. Okay. Sea monkeys are actually brine shrimp. Fun fact. Why, can, like, why is it, like, trimp. marketed as, hey, you want this prehistoric animal? Should I do an episode on it? Yeah. Because I do know this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's whole, a weird marketing gimmick. It's a weird marketing gimmick. There's an entire... I could go on and on about that. Do they smell bad? Not necessarily. Okay, well, I was just thinking, imagine being this parent and your kid is, like, begging for this prehistoric animal. It's going to be so cool. And then it's just, like, smelly shrimp. Let's do an episode on it. <laughs> Let's do an episode on Smelly Shrimp. Oh, perfect. That's the title. Yeah. Amazing. 
So water bears. Kind of. Honestly, sea monkeys isn't a bad. Okay. Okay. Guesstimation. So water bears are also called tardigrades, which would be more the scientific oh, name. Okay. Moss piglets and pygmy rhinos. They're very cute. So they look like a bunch of different animals. Kind of. While you're talking, I'm gonna pull up a picture. There's a picture for you guys listening on our like cover art. There's a water bear would be the creature. Oh, oh yes. Okay, I get how they look like all those different animals yeah. now. That makes sense. Okay, I made the cover art. It's fine. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this makes so, sense. So, I mean, I learned about them in school and stuff. Like, just... So, where I went to school, they had a really good marine bio program. So, if you were a biology major, they had... It was called, like, the One Health System is what they called it. Mm-hmm. So, no matter what your... My bio concentration was biomedical sciences. Um, but within that, we still had to take sciences, like ecology, evolutionary biology, and marine bio, because they're, like, and we had psychology as well, because they're, like, okay, all of these is an ecosystem, all of these things affect the other thing, you need to understand all of them, which I really like, because now I know a bunch of really random stuff that has nothing to do with my field. You love knowing random stuff. I love knowing random stuff. I had auditioned for Jeopardy in 10th grade. I don't really? know if you knew that. No, I had no idea. I Yeah, I took a quiz online and they emailed me that um, I didn't like, make sorry, it. sorry, no thanks. Yeah. That's my, that's my goal in life. Maybe I'll host well, Jeopardy Well, you gotta get on day. there before Alex Trebek. Is he I already know, done? But what if I take his place? I don't know. He has cancer. It's very sad. Well, yeah. Anyway, okay. back to water bears. Sorry, So Alex this is why that. I know a little bit about water bears. Uh, but also, my little cousin is obsessed with them. Yep. Adorable. She's my, I call her my little mini-me. My family's not very scientific, if you will. That's not their forte. So. I mean, I feel like it's not a lot of people's forte. It's not. No. Yeah. I, no judgment. It's just they're very not science people. And so it has been my mission to make this child love science and <laughs> honey it's worked so she's seven she loves these i got her a stuffed water bear for christmas that's adorable um there's lots of little there's like water bear pajamas that is there I like a want. whole community of people yeah there's a whole community they have like these sterling silver like water bear necklaces like you can really like go off with the water bear if you will <laughs> so these are 600 million year old Phylum, so they're not just. It's a phylum of animals. It's not just one species. Oh. So like, the like mammalia, like. What mollus mollusca is also, insects. Which why can't I think of what insects are called? Arthropods. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. And so six hundred million years old. So they are prehistoric. Which is pre-Cambrian explosion. Okay. Not pre-Cambrian. That's a whole different thing. But before pre-Cambrian explosion. Okay. So they were first described in 1773 by Johann August Epfram Goez, who called them water bears. So after Lee Wenhoek invented the microscope, and people, they just started looking at everything. They're like, there's some water. Let's look at it. There's some... A leaf? Let's look I Leaves aren't see-through, but you know They what I mean. used to be so curious back then. What happened? Can we talk about that? <laughs> I 
I don't think I belong in this. I should have been born in a different generation. Oh. But like 1700s, man. I'm kidding. I would have I would have been a housewife. None of them has teeth. Real. Think about that. Cool. If you like your teeth, never make I like my teeth, teeth and my rights. <laughs> a shirt. <laughs> I like my teeth and I like my rights. <laughs> That's our freaking slogan. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So in 1777, Italian biologist Lazzaro Speonzani um, named them Tardigrada, which is Latin for slow walkers. Cute. Kind of adorable. Mm -hmm. We love that. And so they are microscopic, multicellular creatures. But they're not like bacteria or viruses, which are both single cells. They're about half to one millimeter in size, which is half the size of a period in 12 point Times New Roman font. Ooh. I love you describing things based off of Time New Roman font I, periods. I amazing. feel like that's a universal. People are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Cool. There are multiple species. Like I said, it's the entire mm-hmm. phylum. And they, there are ones that live on land, one that live in salt water or fresh water. They live literally anywhere. They're mm-hmm. everywhere, if you will. Are they really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so, wait one second. So... Panarthropa is a monophyletic group of animals, so, like, above a phylum. And so they all came from the same ancestor. So Tardigrada is a sister group of that called Lobo... Of Lobopodia, which is... Consists of arthropods and onocophora. So arthropods are, like, insects. And, um... Onocophora... I can never say this. Onychophora are like silkworms and worms and stuff like that. So they're like related to that. Okay. Um, We'll get to more on this later. And they're pretty effing adorable. Let's be real. I like that. It's because they're fat. They're, yeah, they're, they look like little pigs. But like their faces are weird looking. So you see the rhino part. Yeah. Literally look them up. Look at our album art. Yeah. Or album, I don't know what you want to call that art. Anyway. It's Cover art. Yeah. Oh, cover art. There you go. It's. They're, they're freaking adorable. If you don't know about them, you're welcome. You're welcome, sweetie. <laughs> okay. So they have eight legs with claws. The first six legs are for swimming and climbing. And the back two are inverted for climbing and steering. So they have, like, little oars, if you will. Oh, my gosh. So, like, six of them are forward and two right. of them are backward. So they lack a hox gene. So hox genes, do you know what that is? No. So hox genes are, like, the body plan. It's a gene to, like, plan the body so it's symmetrical, like, within a system. Oh, okay. So insects, this would, the hox gene would determine the thorax and the abdomen. Um, so water bears have what's called a homologous, or, sorry, I'm sorry. Water bears have what's homologous to arthropodia's head, which is basically head a head with claws. So instead of... So, like, an insect is divided into a thorax, an abdomen, right. and a head. Water birds are literally a head with claws. 
Oh, amazing. So they don't really have, like, a body, oh, if you will. Okay. They're, I mean, they look like they do, but so it's... So, like, all their organs and whatever is in their head. Yeah. Amazing. So they, they just have a head. Okay. Weird, right? So... Mallory. They're very oh. resilient species, and they're found everywhere. Well, obviously they've made it this long. Yeah, correct. So they're everywhere. So you can find them in hot springs, at the top of the Himalayas, which is 6,000 6, meters high or 20,000 feet above sea level. So are they, like, extremists? They're extre- uh, kind of. Okay, okay. They don't call them that, but yes. Yes and no. As in they can be in the hot, they can be in the cold, they can be... Yeah, so they can be in the deep sea, which right. is negative 4,000 meters or negative 13,000 feet below sea level. Polar regions, the equator, within ice layers, but they're most common in leaves, lichen, moss, and things with moisture. Um, and this can be fresh or salt water, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, they're an entire phylum. They're not just one critter. What is the lifespan of, like, one We'll get to that. Ooh, okay. They're, an- yeah, ancient one phylum, which is crazy. So there's about a thousand species of them. So again, they're multicellular animals. Mm-hmm. So they have a full digestive tract with buttholes. In their head. In their head. And a nervous system. But they have a what's called a hemocell, gas and nutrient exchange. And there's other, like, insects and stuff have these a lot. Mm -hmm. I want to say grasshoppers do. Don't quote me on that. I won't. Um, So they don't have a circulatory or respiratory system because every cell touches the inside and outside of the animal, so they each exchange individually. So they're so small that their cells are, like, big enough. There's, like, they all touch the outside, so they don't need an entire system. Oh. Yeah, so they do their own gas and oxygen exchange. Pretty cool. They have many methods of reproduction. I was literally thinking this the whole time. So you're like, water bear sex. Okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking that they don't. I was thinking they're, like, very individualistic. Yeah. Well, or do they like to be in, like, here's my family. Like, here's I, my I think they're water. pretty independent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they all lay eggs, all of the species. Okay. So, most of them are duocious, which you have a male and female sexual reproduction. But some species have no males. So, they're the OG feminists. We love the feminist water bears. Um, so, actually, I have a professor at... Or, I had a professor at USF, and she wrote a paper about how evolutionarily males derive from females, not the opposite. Controversial. She was um, rejected from Nature like five (gasps) times with it, but eventually it got published. Very cool. Wow. Very cool lady. I love her. She's like seventy. She always wears the same outfit. I love that. She would talk about sex in class. I mean, I had her Steve Jobs of her. Oh, it's she's like Steve Jobs, but instead of the black turtleneck, she wore a white one. I literally love that. And she would wear socks with Birkenstocks. To class. Mood. Yeah, and cargo pants. Like, just wow. iconic woman. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about... where This is kind of a tangent, but it's fine. Is she had her hair dyed, like, brown. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, the hat... The part in front of her ears was all, like, blonde. Just... She does what she wants. Oh, my goodness. Look up Dr. Castle from USF St. Pete. 
very worth it. Debbie Castle. She does a lot of ant research also and animal behavior research. But that is one of the things, kind of a tangent, but I thought that was something to add in. Why not? So the sexual reproduction, the females lay one to 30 eggs and the males come and fertilize. So there's no touching of the males and females. Oh, interesting. So they're like, here, egg, just do your own, do your own damn thing, you know? Is that like how chickens do it? No. Or uh, like Mm -mm. hens? Mm Mm-mm. They're either fertilized or not fertilized when When they're they're popped out. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no larval stage unlike arthropoda, which they're not, they're, you know, they're not related to them, but they're just kind of like born and they're there. There's also asexual reproduction, which is parthenogenesis is another name for that. And the females lay eggs without fertilization and they're just basically clones of them. Ooh. Their diet, always liquid. They're on a liquid diet. Just water? Well, liquid. So, so, like, if I put a water bear in blood, is it living? Yeah. Some like, are cannibalistic. Some of them are cannibalistic. They'll eat each other? Yeah. Or plant or animal-based, like, liquids. Depends on the species. So, like, fat or, like... Ew. Yeah, they just... Some, like, nice leaf juice, maybe. Water. Leaf juice? Blood, probably. They're, I mean, Ooh, they're... okay, interesting. Carnivorous. Can be, depends on the species. Mm-hmm. Again, highly resilient. And science really, really, it's quite funny since the 1700s when they were kind of found. Mm-hmm. Um, they, science loves to destroy them. Why? They just, they're like, how do we destroy these things? Because they don't like being destroyed. They're indestructible. It's amazing. Uh, they're like cockroaches. Yeah. Well, when they live with their heads cut off, better with than cockroaches. So, okay. Also, side note: Did you know cockroaches can live to like three years old? They have like a lifespan of like seven hundred days. I don't think anyone wanted to know that. Either. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think the females live longer too. So, oh my God. Uh, so about absolute zero, which is zero degrees, degrees Kelvin. Right. So negative two hundred seventy-two Celsius. Right. Or negative 520 degrees Fahrenheit. Thank you. Cold. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, you know, you non-science folk might want to know temperature. Or literally anybody in the United States. Why is the United States behind on this? Please don't do this. I'm sorry. Uh, so this is when atomic movement itself ceases to occur altogether. Uh, so they froze these little water bears there for 20 hours defrosted them and they were alive they don't care they don't care they literally couldn't care less so then another scientist kept them on ice at negative 200 degrees celsius for years and then defrosted them and they survived so slightly above kelvin yeah yeah yeah, still cold uh they were kept at 150 degrees celsius and survived which is 320 degrees fahrenheit i mean you could cook a you know, bake a cookie. Well. And a water bear. Mm-hmm. At once. Mm-hmm. Actually not baking it, because it survives. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is crazy, because they're the only species to do this. There's only phylum, many species to do this. Okay, uh, so they can obviously live at least years. 
Oh, yeah. So Eat cells freeze and... What's yeah. their lifespan? They don't know. A hundred years? They really don't know. A thousand years? They don't know. There's actually never been a water bear that's reproduced. It's just the same water bear. Maybe. No. I they know. know reproduction. It's, like, weird because when cells freeze, they usually puncture. Okay. Because they expand. And then right. they don't work anymore. Or when you heat it up, the proteins degrade, and then they're right. useless also. So it's just, like, crazy how not only can they go... They, they're either temperature. Because normally, extremophiles, they talk about it by... They're extremophiles because they live in the deep sea, but they only live in the deep sea. This is, like... They can live in the deep sea in the high Alps and freaking space, you know? Do you know how hot lava is? Uh, not off the top of my head. Do you think they could live in there? Probably. Maybe. Um... So now they're like, you know what? We tried to destroy them with temperature. Right. Let's destroy them with pressure. Oh. Why not? Okay. Uh, so they smushed them with six ta- 600 times the pressure found anywhere on Earth. And guess what? They what? survived. What the heck? <laughs> they suffocated them. You know, a little... Right. Little no sl- oxygen. You know, no oxygen. Suffocation. Some people like it. Water bears did, apparently. So they suffocated them with carbon monoxide. For how long? Carbon dioxide. Sulfur dioxide. And x-ray, gamma rays, and infrared stuff. They're fine. They survived. They're like, how can we murder these? Just literally anything. We love to murder stuff. Yes. Well, not us. Um, Us as scientists. (laughs) So in a French study, um, they use, this was also pressure, so 570,000 rotgen was kind of, oh, that's, it's like a way to measure x-rays. Oh, okay. So they did 570,000, I can't pronounce it, rotgen, and only killed half of them. 500 rotgen kills people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, they also shot them into space and they survived. <laughs> How did they do that? Just a catapult? Pro- I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, yes. And then to keep track of them, they just sent them up with the astronauts? Maybe. Hey, NASA, take a couple of these guys with you. <laughs> Possibly. Um, so they basically have a mechanism for everything. Totally. Right. So... They have this special... Freud would be shook at their defense mechanisms. Oh my goodness. Crazy. They actually have a special protein to shield DNA. Uh, so they have no known role in the ecosystem. Because they've been here so long, <laughs> they can freeze and just come back whenever. Right. Like, they're just there. They're chilling. Ice Age, they were like, okay. Oh, cool. Um, so they have anoxybiosis and cryptobiosis processes. So, anoxybiosis um, happens to do with no oxygen. Uh-huh. And so, they puff up in a little ball and lose ability to regulate fluid transmission, and then they just stay like that until they're ready to not be like that. So, cryptobiosis is no, aid, no water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's essentially like freeze-drying them. So, they put their little feet and head all together. Mm-hmm. This is called their tune state, T-U-N. And in this state, they have 
0.5% of normal metabolism. Wow. But they're, like, freeze-dried and they still function. And then in the 1940s, they took a 150-year-old moss from Antarctica and defrosted it, and they lived. But this study has never been replicated. Oh, okay. But they did find this really 150-year-old moss. Come on, they're still there. So, again, they don't really know their lifespan. Yeah. Uh, But this was never replicated, so, you know. But uh, they did survive 32 years this way from a Japanese study from 1983 to 2015, and some of them did survive. Wow. So they semi-replicated it, but obviously not for 150 years. Wouldn't be surprised if they're in that process now. You know, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we're going to die before we know, probably. And they found that there's a... And pro- the water birds will still be here. The water birds are still there. <laughs> they're vibing. They're chilling. So there's actually a protein that stitches DNA back together when exiting the tune state. So this little state that they freeze dry right. in, DNA just gets stitched together. Um, so Professor Thomas Booth at UNC Chapel Hill... He studies water bears and has been doing it since 1999. I looked him up. He's kind of hot. He's kind yeah. of a stack. Let's just <laughs> add that in there. Like, when he started researching him, he was probably in his 20s. So, you right. know, kind of a snack. It's so fine. allowed to say that. I don't know. This is a podcast. I feel like I'm not doing any water bear research where this would inhibit my... Okay. It's a compliment. I'm not saying it's ugly. Okay. Anyways... In a genetic scan, they found 70% of genes from fungus, bacteria, and viruses, etc., from the water bears. Um, so this was exciting and like the answer, but they had bar- that they had borrowed characteristic characteristics from unicellular and non-living creatures. So they took you know a sample of them, did a genetic scan, and like, hey. They have a lot of the same genes as all these other unicellular things. Um, but just kidding, the sample was contaminated. Um, Everyone was disappointed. You know, that. we could make like a nice anti-vax, you know. Al- he he fessed up to it, the researcher did. He's like, yeah, JK. Well, I sure hope so, come on. Yeah, and like the guy who said that vaccines called autism cause autism it's fine yeah oof we'll get into vaccines maybe oh uh so they replicated this same study in japan mm-hmm. on um ramazodius which um ramazodius very nodus, which is the most resilient species of water bear water bears tardigrida whatever mm-hmm. uh so they only found one percent foreign dna which is a normal amount that most creatures have okay and so science, science is always selfish. We're like, oh, science. We're always like, what can we do for people? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but there's no funding for water bear research because of this. It's like, what, what are you doing for us? So we're not going to oh, fund okay, water yeah, bear. Yeah. yeah, sad. And um, so, but there's some researchers that incorporated radiation-blocking protein into human cells from water bears and reduced damage by 40% at the University of Tokyo. Oh. So, kind of crazy. So, if we're making science selfish towards humans, this might get us more research on water right. bears. And then, finally, we'll talk about some pop culture. You know, where have we seen water bears? Okay. Uh, so, in 2007, in Star Trek Discovery, 
Ripper is a giant space tardigrade. Never seen that, but there's a I character in Star Trek. Oh, okay. And again, in 2017, South Park had a moss piglets episode where they did a science experiment and they teach the water bears to learn a dance to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Cute. Love that. I've actually, I think I, no, I think I saw this next one. So in 2018, Family Guy did um, Stewie and Brian shrunk down and get help from Tardigrade. So I did watch that, because that's kind of funny. That is cute. And then also in 2018, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, so they shrink into the quantum realm and encounter water bears. Cute. So yeah. That's so cool. So they're very, very cool little creatures. Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that to be so interesting. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And they're cute. Okay. We love cute things that are funny. Yeah. That are, I don't know. <laughs> we love making fun of stuff. Okay. My turn. Amazing. So, I'm going to be talking about psychopathy. Ooh. Psychopathy. We love that. So, I'm going to start with, many people use the term psycho. Mm. Um, and so, a lot of people will say it uh, just really... Um, without a lot of thought behind it. Yeah, it's kind of just like a... Absent-mindedly. Just like, oh, that was so psycho, or she's so psycho. Well, it's kind of like we used to say retarded. Yeah. Which is... Or gay. Like, those were both insults. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of similar. Or like, uh, there's this joke, I think it's by... Um, Donald Glover when he's like every guy has a psycho ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. but no girl has a psycho ex-boyfriend because he would have killed her or like something like Ooh. that and so sure. like a lot of people use the word psycho and some people in how about this men can't be crazy because they're just angry but women are crazy if they show any sort of opinion or objection tea sister tea this so, is not a feminist <laughs> podcast. It is. Contrary to cop. So, oh, um, a lot of people view the word psycho as derogatory towards people with mental illness. And when a lot of people are using the word psycho, oftentimes they don't even know what they are saying mm-hmm. by that. Because do you mean psycho as in psychotic or psycho as in psychopathic? A lot of people think those words are interchangeable and mean the same thing, but they don't at all mean the same thing and they're two completely different things so i'm going to talk about what both of them are okay so is this wait is our podcast name offensive but it it means psychology yeah gosh oh wow we're gonna pretend it's not it's not controversial don't roast us so psychotic is a term that's used for anyone experiencing psychosis, and psychosis can be induced by a mental illness, like schizophrenia, or it can be induced by medication, or it can be induced by drug use, and so when you're in a period of psychosis, uh, you'll usually experience delusions, hallucinations, um, an inability to speak or think coherently, Hmm. and a major thing with it is that you're not aware that you're acting like that when you're acting like that. Huh. So, and a person who's psychotic and commits a crime is legally insane at the time of the crime. So you're not in your right state of oh, mind right. Okay. if you're in a period of psychosis and you commit a crime. Gotcha. So, on the other hand, 
Psychopathy is a personality disorder, like antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. It's in that same realm. And it is characterized by antisocial behavior, a lack of empathy, and heightened selfishness. Shane mm. um, Dawson's series. I thought he did sociopaths. Oh, just kidding. Kayla, I was going to include in this the difference between psychopaths and sociopaths. I'm sorry, I messed I this up already. Okay, that'll be, I'll do later, I'll do sociopaths. Because honestly, I don't even really know a lot of the differences, but I just know that they are different. We'll give you some 15 minutes to listen to it instead of eight hours, like Shane Dawson <laughs> True. So, and the other thing with psychopaths is if you commit a crime, you are legally sane at the time of the crime. So, with psychosis, oh, okay. you're legally insane. So you're held accountable. Yeah. Okay. And with psychopathy, you are legally sane. You know what you're huh. doing. Oof. And another kind of interesting fact that sometimes people gloss over is that you have to be at least 18 years old to be labeled as a psychopath or to have psychopathic personality disorder. You can't be younger than that because before that, it's... You just you just can't. You're a minor. Because a lot, of pe- a lot of kids would get diagnosed as psychopaths and it's like, we. Well, yeah. You can't. Wait, can I say something funny that this reminds me Please of? Please say something funny. So, I live in Atlanta for school. Um, well, are you really going to leave that in? What, this? They're oh. Gonna, they're going to track you, gonna... you down. Oh, wow, this big city. Please come find me. Please. Um, <laughs> okay. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so the basically, like, child, like, um, domestic abuse lines and stuff. Uh-huh. Their lines are open 24-7 in Georgia for children. Adults, this is only open 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. So, adults can't be domestically abused after 5 p.m. on Fridays, ladies. Why? I don't, they, just don't, they just don't fund it. So, like, That's only the crazy. children. Isn't that insane? We learned that. But do they have, like, an international one? I mean, probably, but if you're, like, trying to contact like you're trying to get services right now like yeah like your spouse is hurting you and you're like i need to leave now they're like call us monday at 9 a.m see you later yeah okay we we had a social worker why did you think that was gonna be funny no i didn't say it was funny it was just like a similar situation thank you thank you sorry it's okay. So a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about with this, I got from reading a book called Murderous Minds by Dr. Dean Haycock. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. Thanks, pal. Ugh. So, um, and he talks about the whole talk between psychotic and psychopathic, but he also talks about criminal versus non-criminal psychopaths and how their brains look in FMRIs and mm. the different areas that get activated depending on if you have psychopathic tendencies or not. So, and they also call criminal psychopaths unsuccessful psychopaths and non-criminal successful psychopaths. Because I guess Uh-oh. they don't... If you commit a crime, you're not successful. I, don't, I thought I that mean, was a little bit controversial language, but uh, I just... If Dean wants to use it, Dean can use Dean it. Dean can do whatever he wants. So, I wrote down some fun and fresh examples of criminal psychopaths. <laughs> so, the first one, which is a little bit, uh, people kind of debated a little mm. bit. Eric Harris, who was one of the Columbine school shooters. 
And some debate if he was actually a psychopath or had psychopathic personality disorders Mm -hmm. because he wasn't 18 at the time of the shooting. He was 11 days from his 18th birthday. And so some people were like, yeah, I mean, he definitely had psychopathic traits, but, like, can we label him a psychopath? But it's also if you care that much about uh, the strict rules of diagnosing, I guess. Yeah. I feel like it's more like chemical balance within the brain, right? I'm totally going to get to that later, and I will. Because, I mean, I also, this is kind of a personal qualm I have, is uh, age is literally just a number, and I hear that all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it varies dependent on maturity levels, like your hormonal balance levels, when you hit puberty, when you stopped it. Mm -hmm. So 18 is kind of just like an arbitrary I feel like it's pretty arbitrary. Same thing with 21 for drinking. I feel like that's rather arbitrary. But it's also that, like, your brain doesn't stop developing until, like, your, what, early 20s? Yeah. So, like, shouldn't we push that back then? You can't diagnose them with a personality disorder until they're in their late 20s. Yeah, but there's a study that says that men don't emotionally mature until their 50s. Can we push back? Men can't be psychotic until they're 50? That's kind of... Not psychotic, psychopathic. Psychopathic, sorry. Come on, Kate. I'm sorry. Okay, Okay. but, so, him, and then, I try to use people that are, most people I feel like would know. So, Heinrich Himmler, you might know as Hitler's right-hand man, who commanded all of the Nazi concentration Mm -hmm. camps, um, to do any of those things. You you, uh, might probably have to be a psychopath. I'll just say it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to pretend that's not controversial, because I don't think it is. I think... I think that's a I think you can fully statement. say he's a psychopath. Okay, and I know... I have a lot of, like, add-ins in this episode. That's fine. I love it. Did you know that during World War II, mm-hmm. the Nazis made Jew-skinned lamps? So the lampshades were made out of Jewish people's skin and sold them. Isn't that disgusting? That really stresses me out a lot. Okay. That ooh. okay. Let's let's just completely move on from that. Um, some of you might remember our good fl- friend Vlad the Impaler. And nope. <laughs> he was a dictator. Oh yes. 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 And he hosted a dinner, just a fun dinner, and he invited everyone who'd ever spoken out against him and his policies. And when they arrived, he stabbed them. And then he showcased their bodies on spikes for all of the townspeople to see. Classic. So you might say he's a psychopath. You might say he's a psycho. But I don't know if it's appropriate to use that language, but, you know. And then uh, Jim Jones, fairly recent. The cult leader who is responsible for the Jonestown Massacre. Mm. Or is it Johnstown? Jonestown. Jonestown, okay. Which was the mass poisoning of over 900 people, and I think 300 of them were children. Yeah. Cults are so fascinating. Can you please do an episode on that? I would love to because I just listened to um, a different podcast about this cult, and it's so insane. And then I also just wrote down every dictator ever. Oh, perfect. Well, I kind of feel like to be a dictator and to think that, like, you are, like, so much better and more important than, like... What about the orange man? 
Okay, I have a class project that we're supposed to uh, pick a person and, like, kind of try to diagnose what, if any, mental illness they have. But she clarified that it has to be someone who's already deceased. Uh. Because we're, like, it would be, like, uh, I don't know. Ethical, unethical, maybe. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. So I, I won't say anything about that. Okay. So then, when you try to look up non-criminal psychopaths, though, uh, none really came up. But I kind oh. of tried to do this on my own. So I'll just, I'll, I'll say what I was thinking, and you can either agree or disagree, and Perfect. that's fine. I love um, that. Two examples I was kind of looking at were Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. Mm. Because if you think about it, they're, like, both very charismatic people. Yes. But then are also willing and able to make hard decisions for the betterment of the company, even if it's not for, like... It's not helpful. For, like, the employees or, you know. So I wrote an example of a dilemma for that. The dilemma of making employees work longer hours to make more product. Some CEOs may have a hard time making that decision because of, like not wanting to tear apart families or not wanting to have their employees come in on weekends or to work Mm -hmm. longer or to do things that are going to, like, make them upset. But psychopathic CEOs don't have empathy for those types of situations, and they only care about doing the thing for them, which would be making the company make more money. Can we say Jeff Bezos? I literally wrote Amazon, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. I mean, and because if you think about it, and if your company has a single sweatshop, yeah, I mean, that's a problem. So, but it's also a whole different problem, and I don't know if you can say someone's a psychopath, but you could also just say that they have psychopathic traits. Yeah, and you can have the traits of being of having psychopathic personality disorder without having it. But I'm just saying this as examples. And then something I found really interesting was that criminal psychopaths make up an estimated 15 to 25% of the U.S. prison population. Oh, wow. So, That's not... It's a, I not as high not, as I thought. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they're just not diagnosed. This is true. This is true. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Um, and one quote that it was at the end of the first chapter, and I just, like, really was like, ooh, kind of tea, mm-hmm. was... Similar violent actions do not reflect the functioning of similar brains. And so an example they gave of this was... So, for example, the psychopath, debatably, Eric Harris, who Mm -hmm. committed the Columbine school shooting, he was, like, having fun during it, and he pre-planned it, and he was, like wanted to do it for him, and it was very selfish, and it yeah. was very, like, you know, whatever. And they gave an example of someone else. I'm blinking on the name right now, but he was um, a guy who had schizophrenia, and he really latched on to this congresswoman and was, like, just obsessed with this congresswoman. And so in a period of psychosis, he went to one of her rallies and shot her and a bunch of other people there. And so it's two different mass shootings, one with a guy who's experienced psychosis, one with a guy who's experiencing psychopathic personality disorder, and so they committed the same insane, horrible crime, Mm -hmm. but their brains are functioning so differently. Interesting. And looking at them, like, under 
with an fMRI, you can see the different elements that are, yeah. like, active. And in psychopathic brains, a lot less of the areas are active. And especially the areas of, um... What was I going to say? Like, emotions? Yeah. And, like, stuff like that. <laughs> that sounds... And stuff like that. So, question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, n- n- uh, never mind. Okay. No, I didn't want to question anyways. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I answered it myself in my head. That what was, say what you... I was going to say, would them using less brain power be a sign of intelligence? But intelligence is an abstract thing, and I feel like no. And, like, what is intelligence even? Yeah, that's Let's ask was... that question. What is intelligence What is intelligence? Um, that is interesting. Yeah, so that's what I... <laughs> That's it. That's that with that. <laughs> um, wow. I think that's interesting. And the human brain's just crazy. Insane. Insane. Because, I mean, I've done, like, neurology classes, but mine's very, like, functional. Not functional. It's more, like, the brain stem and, like, the, the very basic. We don't go obviously much I mean we go into psychology but not obviously as in depth as you do but it's more like motor control and like the hypothalamus controls temperature right. and all that jazz but it's just so strange how I don't know the brain's insane which is why medicating the brain is so insane mm-hmm mm-hmm uh big pharma <laughs> oh hmm <laughs> big pharma how we uh Oof. Okay. Ah, insurance, big pharma. I do want to do an insurance episode. People, kids love insurance. Kids kids love insurance. (laughs) Okay, so truth be told, when we were in the fourth grade, well, we didn't go to school together, but we were in the fourth grade at the same time. Uh, That was when Obama became president. Mm -hmm. And I found a paper, like, in my childhood bedroom, and we had to, like, Something about the president was, like, the project. And I had written that Obama was a good president because of all the kids he gave insurance to. And I just... Beautiful. I just think... I just think... Um, that just... Yeah. Still saying... Kids love insurance. Kids love insurance. I was like, you know what? Kids aren't sick anymore. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. But, like, not sarcastically. Thanks, Obama and CRISPR. Oh, yes. That wasn't this episode, but It's yeah. okay. It's okay. We I, still I just CRISPR. imagine that they'll know. Yeah. Peep back it up, too, if you want to learn about CRISPR. Thank you guys for tuning in. Very rambly today. And goodbye. <laughs> See you next time. Or hear you next time. <laughs>